0: Well, good morning, and welcome to Noah's Window. Yesterday, Mary Alice, we were talking about how that belief in the Word of God, in in God, in Jesus Christ Himself, is unpopular in our world today. Where Peter had challenged the listeners of his era to rescue themselves from this crooked generation. Well, I want to just keep the story going forward a little bit further because Peter and John, the rest of the disciples continued to preach the message of Jesus, it got very unpopular. And as we move into chapter four, and one more thing that I find interesting, and maybe this is just a a curious point, but so many of these sermons that we read of Peter in the book of Acts, especially in the early part, I don't think he set out to preach a sermon. He just set out to explain something and it became a sermon. I mean, Mm -hmm. If you look at his message on Pentecost, I'm not sure he knew he was gonna preach a message. He was just trying to explain they weren't drunk you know and, and then in chapter three you know you have the story of of god healing a, a lame man um, and and then as you go into chapter four the powers that are are really getting angry at them for co- continuing to talk about jesus
1: and in this case it's the religious powers
0: it's the really yeah it's definitely the religious powers. so i want to go into chapter four and pick up the 16th verse and then uh we're going to read a little bit and then we'll get somewhere with this i think Um, the enemies of Christ here, as you point out, they are religious in nature, but they ask each other, they put Peter and John out of the room. What should we do with these men? They ask. We can't deny that they performed a miraculous sign and everybody in Jerusalem knows about it, but to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further. Now, why do they call it propaganda? When clearly a person who is paralyzed suddenly is able to walk. That's not propaganda. That's some reality, but they said to, and in the way they characterized it. To keep them from spreading their propaganda any further, we must warn them not to speak to anyone in Jesus' name again. So they called the apostles back in and commanded them never again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? And of course, one of my favorite lines in the Bible, verse 20 of Acts chapter four, we can't stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. It is so interesting. They said, you stop, you have to stop. And Peter's like, it doesn't matter what you do to us. We can't stop. We're like an 18 wheeler rolling downhill with no brakes. We can't stop. What a wonderful spirit. And uh, what a wonderful testimony for us today. Right. Because I just think so many times, Christians are told you can't say this. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't say this or you're going to be, you know, you're going to be silenced. Canceled. Canceled. Yeah, you can't say this. I just think Peter's testimony to us is really powerful when he said, I can't stop telling what we've seen and what we've heard. You know, in our culture today, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday, we're, we're seeing the culture push back against biblical Christianity on a lot of points. But when it's all said and clear, this is not about sexuality. This is not about... You know, this is not about some sort of cultural hot button issue. This is about Jesus. Right. Because ultimately, it gets to the point, it will get to the point, uh, I believe, definitely in the tribulation, where the message will be you cannot speak in his name anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. It, well, and you know, going back earlier in the chapter, one of their real uh, hot button items that they were really angry about is that Peter and John were preaching that there was a resurrection, and we know that these particular religious people didn't believe in the resurrection. Sachsees, yeah. yeah. So you wonder why did that, like so many other hot button issues in our culture, but why do they care what other people believe about the life to come? It, it, it shouldn't have mattered. You know, it's like an atheist. Why does an atheist get so angry that we believe in God? They can believe what they want to believe. Why do they get angry at us that we believe in God? So why would they be so angry unless it just threatened their power base or their authority? Well, that
0: raises a lot of questions, and I think you you tapped into something really quickly there. I mean, you know, we've watched the last few years uh, how that atheist organizations have sued schools so that students could not pray, like before a football mm-hmm. game. Well, they're not making atheists pray. I mean, right. why why are they wanting to stop people who do believe in prayer, but they they want to silence that? And I, mm-hmm. I I have my own theories about that. I think definitely part of what you part of it is what you said a moment ago. Uh, but I also think unbelievers. I believe there's something in the heart of an unbeliever who is afraid of the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's something inside of an, a non-theist or someone who is against the Word of God or against Christ. I think there's some sort of echo in there from the original creation mm-hmm. where where they do know that it's true. I mean, I, I pulled that from a lot of places, but definitely from Romans chapter 1, where it says when they knew God, they would not glorify Him mm-hmm. as God.
1: Right. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's just an amazement to me. Um, that you would be angry against someone that you believe doesn't exist Um, or try to undo a testimony of something that's reality, provable, overwhelming evidence right in front of you.
0: you Yeah, I have such a hard time with trying to make all this fit together because God had used Peter and John to do a miracle. And this miracle had supernatural power. They didn't do it. I mean, and Peter's real clear on this. It's not our power that did this. But there was no doubt this was not...
1: The man had been lame for 40 years. Yeah,
0: it's not hocus-pocus. They weren't putting on some kind of magic show to deceive the people. There was real power here. In fact, when they sent the disciples out of the room, they said, we can't deny that a miracle's been done here. Mm-hmm. Well, that was their cue to say that we need to rethink our thinking. What? But they didn't do that. Instantly they said, we got to shut these guys down.
1: Well, and of course we know that's ultimately Satan's agenda. We know who's really behind all that.
0: Yeah. No. I think we talked about this on a previous No's wind. I mean, right. you see this back in the life of Jesus in the last week or two of his life, where he raised Lazarus from the dead mm-hmm. and the powers that were hated Jesus so much that they wanted to kill Lazarus. I'm like, mm-hmm. he just got raised from the dead. I mean, he, and on top of that, you would think that a, those smart guys would have understood if he has the power to raise him from the dead, why, you know, what power are we dealing with if well, we try if he to kill do us? It once, yeah. he can do it once, he could do it again. Can do it again, yeah. <laughs> and
1: it would just compound the miracle,
0: so, yeah. Well, the one thing that I really think about a lot is that even though Satan is God's enemy, he's not God's equal. No. You know, God is omnipotent. Satan is not omnipotent. You know, God is omnipresent. Satan is not omnipresent. He can only be in one place at one time. And the big one is... God is omniscient, which means He knows, he knows everything. everything. Mm-hmm. But Satan doesn't know everything. I mean, Satan is, is smart, but he's also got a lot of blind spots in a lot of areas. Mm-hmm. And I really just think that that's one of the one of the things that oftentimes with those who have synced up with his agenda is they can they can believe things that are very self contradictory.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you know that we've been sent here with a message that's a wonderful message, and it always blows my mind that anyone would be against a message of forgiveness and love and and eternal life. Why would you be against that unless you're listening to the, to the evil one? Yeah, because there's there's just no. It's not it's not a message of condemnation. It's a message of forgiveness.
0: Sure, I mean, you, you would think that this miracle would have resulted in celebration. And i don't think it did result in a lot of people's celebrations. But it made them mad. But it made them mad, yeah. And I, I, But again, to me, I'm not sure I really had that great of an idea for Noah's window today. I'm probably just rambling with all this. But I just want to go back to the point, this is about Jesus. You know, and I love the Jesus. phrase,
1: we can't stop. We can't because stop. Because right now in this culture, in this life we're living, they want us to stop. Yeah. Telling the truth, we want, they want us to stop giving this message of good news that Jesus died for people's sins, and that anyone who believes in Him and calls on Him can be saved and have eternal life. That's the message that He wants us to. Satan wants us to stop, but we can't stop. You well, know, these we can't stop.
0: these religious leaders—they—they they, when they thought about telling the disciples to stop, to them it was a will you want you issue. And I love how Peter turned it into a can I can't I, I can't? issue, I can't. and he said, "I can't stop." You know, you do what you have to do. Yeah, you know, <laughs> well, you know, if you want to kill us or arrest us or whatever, you're just going to have to do what you're going to have to do. It reminds
1: me of the three Hebrew children
0: when. when oh said, yeah, yeah if, yeah.
1: if you if you kill us, you do. But we just we're, we're not going to bow down. Or
0: Esther, mm-hmm. if I perish, if I, I perish. perish, I perish. You know, so this is just the resonating statement of God followers throughout yeah. the year. Peter's not hitting back. No, you know, he's not yelling or screaming or or, or talking to them the way he was, they were talking to him. He just said, you do what you have to do, but we can't stop. We can't stop.
1: We're, we're taking our orders from the Lord.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, may God help that to be our testimony yes. today. Pray for us, Mary Alice.
1: Yes, let's pray. Oh, Father, we do want to be faithful and we don't want to stop giving your message and we don't want to let the threats of the culture and, and uh, the evil one, we know it's coming from him, for us to stop. and. Uh, whatever we may face in the future, I pray you, give us the courage to continue on. And, and you have been so good to us, Father. You, you have made our life full of joy and, and, um, and so much excitement about the future. You've given us forgiveness. You've been faithful. You've just showered us with your blessings. When we were sick, you raised us up. When we were hurting, you brought us comfort. You have just done so many things, Father, in our life that we could just only go on and on, giving you the glory and the praise and the honor. And uh, in return for that, help us to be faithful, Father. Yes. Help us to stand strong when it's not popular, when we're uh, in facing intimidation and threats. I just pray that you'd help us to be faithful and to continue to give the good news of the gospel that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved and have eternal life. Thank you for giving us a wonderful message that we can share. For everyone that's watching or listening today, Father, I just pray that you wrap your arms of love around them, draw them close to you, Uh, Help them to know your presence and give them wisdom and courage and faith in this uh, difficult hour. And we'll give you all the glory and the praise. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Well, thanks for joining us today on Noah's Window. God willing, we'll be back on Friday with another edition.
1: Thanks. God bless. See you soon.